The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Fowdy. I'm Lynn Ozawi. And it's time for all of us to go... (laughs) That's right. Because Dr. Colleen Flash Hacker is closing out season eight with us. And as you are well aware... Hackerisms are coming your way. This is Dr. Hacker's fifth time on Laughter Permitted, which officially sets a record for most appearances by any guest. I've known Dr. Hacker, or Flash, as I call her, because she shines a light wherever she goes, since my playing days with the national team. And she is a professor at Pacific Lutheran University and an internationally recognized speaker and consultant in sport and performance psychology. She has served on the staff for six Olympic Games and more than a dozen world championships in many different sports. But most important, of course, she was part of our 1999 World Cup winning team. Dr. Hacker is the master at sharing digestible wisdom that is backed by research. And she's literally written the book on excellence. Well, books, actually. She co-wrote the book with Tony DiCicco called Catch Them Being Good and recently released her new book called Achieving Excellence. And I highly recommend you grab both of those. I could go on and on, but you get it. The woman is awesome to the infinity. So be sure to a hackerism for you all. Don't just think it, but ink it, which is code for write it down. So get comfortable listening. It's Dr. Colleen Hacker. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces... Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time finding the joy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. 
It's laughter permitted. Flash, congrats on the book. Thank you. I'm I'm proud of it. I think I think it will prove valuable to folks, and that's what matters to me. Yeah. So Thank you got you. you got a new book, Achieving Excellence. Uh, you're back teaching, which is also fun for you. And I heard you had an amazing commencement speaker come to PLU. I mean, this has been a good year. Good year for you. I'm still basking in the shared <laughs> halo effect of Julie Fowdy. Oh, checks notes. Dr. Julie Fowdy. <laughs> Thank you. There's not just one doctor on the Zoom. Yeah. Dr. Julie Fowdy delivering the commencement address that truthfully, without hyperbole, is still talked about. Oh. We had a new dean this year and he played a clip of your speech. Uh, right, I'm sure. Topic for every class. Honestly, oh, it, it has sweet. legs. And I think that's the highest compliment oh. is when something's revisited or quoted or the affect, the emotion of that is revisited. And all three of those have, has occurred with your commencement address. So oh, it nice. has legs, Dr. Fowdy. It has legs. <laughs> Dr. Fowdy. Well, Colleen, you have now appeared on Laughter Permitted for a record five times. And we're making a rule. This is going to be a new tradition for anyone who appears five times on this podcast. You get to talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> it's your podcast. <laughs> this is the Dr. Colleen Hacker takeover of Laughter Permitted. The floor the, is yours. It's the year of Flash. It might as well be Laughter Permitted well, with I, Colleen Hacker. And I thought you were going to go the Saturday Night Live route. I don't know if you saw or taped last right. Saturday Night Live with Steve Martin and Martin Short. But they're, they're riffing about how many times they've been host of SNL. And they get bathrobes. They get these bathrobes that have numbers on them. So I was I was holding out hope that I might get an SNL bathrobe with five on it. But but your appreciation is really all that I need. It's that's more than enough. What what is on your mind? What would you want to talk about? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is something that I will do again less than a month from now. Mm. is for many, many years now, in, in to the tune of decades now, I select words, there's no rules about it, words, phrases, quotes, that for me set the intention for the coming year. Mm. I don't do New Year's resolutions, but we can talk about that, but I'm not a resolutions person. And, and previously we talked about the difference between having aspirational hopes and goals and challenges mm -hmm. versus just strict goal setting. So I like setting the intention. Mm. And so for me, as we come with two weeks left of 2022, where I'd start this episode is where I started the year. And and this, oh. this year there were three. Three, okay. Can you, can you handle three? I love it. You know, this uh, is reminding me of Jenny Levy's episode where she talked about how during the season, she'll pick a couple of things, two or three things, not overload with goals that, that the team can then really focus on throughout the entire season. 
I love that you make those connections. That's one of the things that I hope. Well, that's that's why people say I'm so much smarter and more talented than Julie. Because <laughs> Julie suffers from CRS. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yes. <laughs> but look for common themes. The language might be different. The examples might be different. The sphere of influence might be different. But if you listen to a number of laughter permitted episodes, you will hear common threads of connection, of excellence, of overcoming adversity, of explanation for how and why of their careers or their lives or their coaching. Mm -hmm. There are common threads. And, and yep. anytime you hear common threads from disparate guests, I'd be paying attention. Mm -hmm. So, Kudos to you, Lynn. Well, your name comes up pretty much twice an episode, I think. We're like, oh, that? Do you remember when we had Dr. Right. Colleen Hacker on? And then, and then we give our guests the rundown of what you, you said in that. Okay. True. So sorry, your three intentions. You call them. Do you have a, a certain name for this list? Or yeah, is it just? I'm setting my intentions for the year. Okay. Oh. So your list of intentions for the year. Okay. And, awesome. And I type it and then I reduce it because I don't like it, you know, cluttering the desk or the, or the uh, screen. And I literally tape it to my monitor. So ah. I see it every single time I'm on the computer, computer for work or personal or walk by the study. There's no missing it. There's no missing it. The visual cue every it a, day. It, exactly. It's a visual cue. And, huh. you know, I wouldn't be me if I didn't tie it to scholarship. So here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Love it's it. Pretty, it's pretty cool, though. Like when I hear you say visual cue, there's there's research that shows, you know, we're all looking at like little ways that we can make a difference. There's consistent research that shows that if you just put a visual prompt next to elevators, so where, where you press the button 20 times to make sure it's lit, <laughs> that when scholars put a, a visual cue that says, you know, if you take the stairs, you'll burn 200 more calories, just a little yeah. reminder like that, the use of stairs increases by 30%. Just with that visual cue, that that visual reminder. So in my life, it's post-it notes mm -hmm. or it's tight pieces of paper. But I I pretty much, I'm looking at my refrigerator now, <laughs> my refrigerator, my study. I'm surrounded by visual cues that remind me of, of what I have committed to and what I have intended for myself in the coming year. So wait, I have one quick story with that. Kim, do you remember Kimberly Pickup, who I played with in San Diego yes. on Spirit? One of my former professional soccer teammates. She would leave so many post-its. She would have trails of post-its <laughs> going around. I mean, she took visual cues to the next level. All over her doors and then all down the like tile, on the floors. In on bathroom. the floor? Oh, yeah. On the floors. I was like, what? Oh, that's early. next gen. That's next gen. I did not know that about her. Yeah. All this time, I thought she was just a phenomenal soccer player. <laughs> yeah. Now, now look at that. Okay. Okay. So your three list of intentions. What are they? Okay. So the first one needs a, well, you, you may or may not have followed. The first one needs a little bit of an explanation. 
because they, they don't come out of whole cloth. They come in response to a need or a deficiency or, you know, they're, they're organic. It's not like, oh, I'm looking through quote books and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I love that one kind of thing. They're, they're intentional and they're organic. So in the sport world, we seem to be, in my view, dominated by metrics. We're managing player load. If I hear one more quote about how we're managing player load, I don't know what I'm going to do to the person who says we're managing load. Yes, there's a science to coaching. Yes, there's a science to leadership, but there's also an art. And there needs to be a balance of the art and the science of bringing out the best in people. So we are measuring strength and conditioning. We are measuring speed. We are managing load. We're, we have bod pods and we're measuring body fat. We are, this is a scientific term, we are measuring the crap out of absolutely everything right now. <laughs> Can we quote you on that? Measuring yes. the crap out of absolutely out of everything. everything. So the first quote comes from Albert Einstein. You may have heard of this heard of human being. Heard of and Albert Einstein reminds us, it's number one on my list of intentions. Everything that can be counted does not necessarily count. Mm. And everything that counts cannot necessarily be counted. Mm. And I love that because it reminds us that just because we can... Should we, just mm -hmm. because we have a number, should it drive decision-making? You know, I mean, I could use, I could use your teams, Jules, because I sat in on those coaching discussions, quite mm -hmm. frankly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you know, we don't really need a win in this World Cup game, or we might not need a win in this Olympic game. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So do we give the starters a rest, right? That's like, without getting too deep in the weeds of metrics, do we give them a rest? Do we manage their load? Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe that's part of the equation. But the other part of the equation is, and you know this, how you build up through a tournament. Like mm -hmm. where you start isn't where you finish. Mm -hmm. And the synergy and the connection and the unspoken knowing between athletes of where she's going to be and what she's going to oh, be yeah. doing hmm. can't be measured. Mm -hmm. And then you add to that the, the, I call it the relay paradigm. If you know anything about Olympic swimming, you know about the relay paradigm where some athletes fact actually swim a faster relay split yeah. than they do when they're swimming that same event on their own. So crazy, isn't it? Isn't it cool? And yeah. so there's something about the one plus one equals three, <laughs> which is an odd uh, quote to give when I'm using Albert Einstein, but there you have it, <laughs> is oftentimes within teams, one plus one equals three. It's mm -hmm. not just the best 11 players, it's the best 11. That group, that cohesiveness, that, that yeah, she's feeling it, she's on fire. Why are you managing the load and messing with that, right? Mm -hmm. That's like, that's a superpower. So that was one of the reasons that, that this quote, I wanted this in front of me is, 
I might not be able to measure certain qualities that really separate a player, but I know it when I see it mm. and it's valuable and it may not have a number associated with it, but I like it and we're better with it and mm. you make us better and, and you are the margin of victory, even though I don't have a 2.38 number associated with it. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna quit there and say, does any of that resonate with you, Lynn, in your role? Jules, with you as an athlete, you are around this all the time. Metrics, metrics, metrics. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, yeah, because I see it all the time on every single team you commentate whether it's the U.S. team, professional teams, Euro teams, they're all having to balance and weigh how much data they are going to use. And it's it's super fascinating, especially because I'm so old school and that it's like, just get out there and friggin' run and you're going to be <laughs> fine, right? Like I never was strapped with a heart rate monitor or GPS or any run of that. Run and have fun. Run, yeah. gun, have fun. <laughs> yeah. So part of me is like, oh, geez, if I hear, I mean, to your point, like if I hear about these damn loads one more time. Oh, that reminds me, Julie, I, I got, I got uh, you an aura ring. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's the season. So, yeah. Thing, but it's interesting hearing it from you as an expert in academia. Yeah. You would think that you would trend. I mean, I know you understand the balance needed, but. I always, I often think you professor, doctor types would trend towards wanting more data. Would just gobble it up. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe what I'd say to that is, yeah, so pay attention even more. That's really my mm. response. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen the passing charts where every pass is recorded, who passed to who and whether it was made or missed. And you have all these lines going everywhere <laughs> on the soccer field. The heat maps. Yes. You no. Know, and, and and I'm not saying that I'm not making fun of it as a, an entity, but it's just a piece of the puzzle. It's not yeah. the puzzle. Yeah. You wouldn't put a puzzle together and go, here is white with a shade of orange. Yup, crack that nut. This must be tulips in Amsterdam. It's just a <laughs> piece of a puzzle. It's one piece. And, and sometimes you can't even understand its importance until you start filling or the edges. So I just want to remind myself that not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts. Mm. You know, you need a threshold strength to be able to play. You need a threshold speed. You need threshold anaerobic power. I mean, it could go on and on and on. But after that, the fact that Julie can bench press 20 more pounds than me, does that make her a better midfielder? Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that data. Yeah. And how do you measure the data about loving your teammate, running through a brick wall for them? How do you measure that? How do you measure, I will do anything for Cindy Parlo. I will do anything for me. Hey, I'm a Carlo Overbeck. And all those things that aren't measurable, but damn, do they count. And do they count? And, and that, and that. So that first intention was to remind myself that of the antidote. That, that an individual infinitely brighter than I am also came to that mm. same conclusion. So yeah. it gives me confidence, it gives me hope. And I'll be honest, I feel like it gives a little bit of credibility because he's a pretty good thinker, that Einstein guy. He's, he's, he's a pretty good thinker. He's kind of smart. 
How did you apply it to your life this year? Well, yeah, it's a great question. Um, I've talked about this before. I say I work out six days a week, except when I'm really, really, really busy. And then I make sure I work out six (laughs) days a week. I love that. It's just true. It's been true all my life. So I haven't plugged in to heart rate data. I haven't plugged in to heart rate variability. I have access to it. I'm curious about it. I don't mind seeing it occasionally, but I run for feel. I run for feel. Um, It's not like I have to hit a split or hit a mile time or hit a distance. I want to work out six days a week and I'm good with that. So is six days a metric? Maybe, but I have great flexibility within Mm. that. I have great flexibility. You know, I won't put numbers around things that, that matter to me. You know, Lynn, you and I, I don't remember if we emailed or texted about it, but it's like I walk two and a half miles every day with my dog. I really enjoy that. And it's just walking time. And the reason I know it's two and a half miles because we go the same route. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about my walk yesterday and I talked to the letter carrier and I talked <laughs> to a guy out raking his leaves because it looks so beautiful. And I just said, oh, it looks really good. I got to go home and do that. <laughs> On my way back, I don't know his name. On my way back, this older gentleman said, you have no idea what you commenting on the leaves meant to me. Aww. And I was like, <laughs> just that, just that. Like conversations with strangers. I don't know what the metric is. I know, I know you can't measure it, but I know, those, I know those touch points of humanity count. That's what I'd say. So I can refer to the text. I sent you a text this morning. I do, I have these cards called aff- affirmators. I've done them with Julie. Um, a good friend of mine gave them to me, Rachel. And uh, the one I picked today, I texted to you. And it was, it, it said engagement. And it, it says, uh, today I make the conscious choice to engage with the world in an active way. I'll take a new route and talk to strangers. I will smell flowers and pet dogs and maybe rock, walk around barefoot for a while if I'm not inside a 7-Eleven. At the very <laughs> least, I'll have a day that's slightly more interesting than average. And at the most, I'll have a startling epiphany or make a friend who will change my life forever. No pressure. That, that, that. And it definitely made me think of you. That's, Mm. that's high praise, Lynn. That matters to me. I'm not going to aw shucks that. That's a, that's a beautiful connection that a human being could have. And, and if true, that's, that's very meaningful. So thank you. Um, Yeah. Okay. So the number two, number two, the second two are related. The first, first of the two remaining is short, but like most adults, like I would hazard to say, like most overscheduled kids in the United States right now, I, like most people, feel this pull yeah. of requests mm-hmm. and time mm-hmm. demands. And, mm-hmm. and something's important to somebody else. Does yeah. that mean it's important to me? You know, this is somebody else's job. Does that mean that I'm now responsible for helping mm-hmm. them do their job when it's not my job? All these push-pulls, all these requests, and even when you care, it's hard to say no. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not the eight millionth person to say that. So as a commitment to my intention for a, in my mind, a greater good, and this is an unattributed quote, and if somebody wants to tell me who it is, I'm all ears. So it, it's an omission of ignorance, not, not uh, from lack of acknowledgement. But this is it. Do fewer things, but do the right things and do the right things better. Mm. Do fewer things, but do the right things and do the right things better. (laughs) So I have in 2022 tried to be very intentional, targeted. There's a reason for when I say yes. And the reason isn't because somebody asked me or because it pays well, or because I like the person. And I'm being serious about that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard when you like somebody to say no. It's hard when the money's good to say no. I'm just being blunt. And those don't drive my decisions. I wanna do fewer things. And at the end of those fewer things, I wanna say that I picked the right things, the one where my actions reflect my values. Mm-hmm. That's very important to me. Do my actions reflect my values? And then I want, because of that, I'm able to bring more and do more and do those intentional acts that matter to me better. And I don't know, I don't know what the rules are. I'll have to consult myself, but I might want to play that one again. I have really seen the benefit of of, of number two. Is there an example you could give? Well, I'll give I'll give two examples in the last 30 days. Uh, it's not not uncommon for me to be asked by various universities or various head coaches to either come to campus and speak to their team about achieving excellence or some aspect of achieving excellence or to do a Zoom for an athletics department. Very, very common. I would say maybe two a month requests, two a month. And and in the last three months, I've only said yes to two. And I, I, it's, I could tell you specifically why, but I don't wanna give away what the university is and I, I don't wanna talk about who clients are. But the two yeses were because I had such tremendous respect without the ask, prior to the ask, of the mission and the excellence and the bluntly the graduates from this university that I'm like, I would be honored to be part of your mission. I would be honored to be part of the people that you have hired at this institution Mm -hmm. in your own quest for excellence. So, so it's that, it's that. And I, and and I've said no to people that I know better or maybe people that I've known longer. And I'm just saying, you know, my phrase this year is I just don't have the bandwidth for that right now. And, and, and that's, maybe it's a euphemism, but I don't have the bandwidth is, is meaning I wanna do fewer things and the right things and I wanna do them well. Cause you start doing everything and you end Ugh. up doing nothing very well. Uh, you know, but what I love about that is instead of a lot of people just stop at that first phrase, do fewer things, they stop there. They don't then add in the intention of 
but do the right things and not just doing the right things, you're gonna actually be doing them better. Because how many times have we showed up somewhere and you're like, why the F did I say yes to this? Ah, and that I was like, I don't wanna ever feel like that again. I don't wanna walk into a room and be like, I am never saying yes to this again. Why, why? I've done that so many times. Like I say to my agent, why did you let me say yes? Instead of, why are you saying yes? Do something about it. Yeah. But, but do something about it for a higher purpose and a better purpose. Exactly. Purpose and a more targeted purpose. Yes. I have taught better. You know, I'm the oldest I've ever been. I'm teaching as long as I've ever taught. I love teaching more this semester than I ever have. And I loved last year more than I ever have. It, it's allowed me to thrive in areas that I value that matter to me. And so the folks, the folks get the best of me rather than what's left of me. Mm. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, say that. Can you say that one again? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like by following this, this intention that people get the best of me rather than what's left of me. Yeah. There's no sloppy seconds with flash. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You're getting her. Fresh. Yeah. Okay. Do you, third. Do, do you third have one. do you have the bandwidth for the one final one <laughs> that's on my? On I do. My I do because I've been doing fewer things. All right. Good. Good. So this one comes from Thomas Merton. He's a Catholic monk, a poet prolific writer. Most listeners would have read Merton's work. He writes also a great deal on spiritual, but a man before his time on social activism themes. So mm. it's a writer that I'm familiar with and a, just a, a thinker that, that I have respected and valued. It's going to be a bit longer. So is this where I say sit back, get comfortable? <laughs> Listen in. Yeah. Sit back, relax. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's Thomas Merton. Think about what I just said. Do fewer things, but do the right things and do the right things better. Here we go. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything is itself to succumb to the violence of our times. Frenzy destroys our inner capacity for peace. Mm. It destroys the fruitfulness of our work because it kills the root of inner wisdom, which makes work fruitful. Mm. And I swear to you, I have bilateral goosebumps. I have looked at that for 350 days and it still impacts me on a visceral, mm. physiological level. Can you read it one more time? You bet. And I'll do it more quickly, but I, I wanted yeah. to say it the first time to get all the elements. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit to too many projects, to want to help everyone and everything is itself to succumb to the violence of our times. 
Frenzy destroys our inner capacity for peace. It destroys the fruitfulness of our work because it kills the root of inner wisdom, which makes work fruitful. Mm. I want my efforts to be fruitful. I want to have peace and energy and targeted impact. I no longer think I can, nor do I want to help everyone about everything. I think it's a, I think it's foolish hubris to think like that, mm-hmm. right? I can't do it all. Why do I feel like I can do it all? Even worse, mm-hmm. why do I feel like I should do it all? Mm-hmm. So what matters? What yields the greatest good? Jules, you and I talked about this a few years ago, and I'm going to pull out this little chestnut again. I didn't see myself going here, but I love this phrase because it came from a a wonderful book that I read is moving from success to significance. Mm -hmm. And maybe because I've had more birthdays, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It might be Mm -hmm. age related. I'm not sure that it needs to be, but I am infinitely more at a time in my life where I care more about significance than success. Mm -hmm. I don't have to punch that ticket. I don't have Mm -hmm. interest or satisfaction from punching the success ticket any longer. I probably did, truthfully, I probably did, but I want my efforts to have significance. Mm -hmm. And for whom? For other people, Mm. for other people. I I think it's the greatest investment that I've ever been the recipient of is other people's investment in me. It's why I've said to you so many times how important to have the spirit of gratitude and to be active and, and, and explicit about it, not Mm -hmm. silent and implicit. Well, I feel grateful and we'd know that how, right? (laughs) I I think, I think it's just so important. I think it's so important. You know what? You do, you should go on SNL. What do you do in slumming it here with laughter permitted? Get you on Saturday Night Live is the five timers club. I'm serious. I'm serious. If I'm lying, I'm dying about this. It's like, I want, I, people are aware of it and then five things happen. It's like, I should write a letter. Yeah, but I've got the dishes to do and I got a vacuum and then I got to go for a run and all of a sudden the letter doesn't get written. Yeah. And I'm, I notice how often I hear people tell me about influential people in their life and then I'll ask them when they last shared that. When did you last tell them? And they're like, I don't know, I'm telling you. And I'm like, well, I'm not the person. Like, that's not helping. That's not helping. Yeah. And I, I did, I don't know, I'll let people Google it, but this was a, a, a hero of mine um, that was part of the civil rights movement and was a contemporary of Martin Luther, uh, Luther King. But, but um, I, I was doing this talk at, internationally and my challenge to the audience is the end, at the end is before tomorrow night, I gave him one night off. Before tomorrow night, I want you to write or call two people who've made a significant difference in your life and tell them. Two people by tomorrow night. And I said, I said to the audience, I'll tell you what the data says. The data says that all of you will have heard it and fewer than one out of three of you will do it. Mm. 
So we think it's a good idea. It sounds good. We intend to do it and we don't. Mm-hmm. So, so in the busyness of our lives, these really critical tasks get lost. They somehow seem like we don't have time for it. Like the dishes are somehow more important than this human being who changed the trajectory of your life or your belief mm-hmm. in yourself. I mean, the, the people in my life, you can't say this publicly if it's not true, because some of them are going to listen. I don't let one year go by without actively telling the people who've made a difference in my life that they've made a difference in what way they've made a difference and how appreciative I am of it now. And in some instances, that's been going on for 45 years now. (laughs) For a long, long time. She said 45 years. I did. It's been been important to me for for a long, long time in my life. There's so Mm. many things in there in that quote I love. Yeah. I, I love the frenzy destroys our inner capacity for peace because unless you have inner peace to your point i think success versus significance success to me seems like it's more a personal goal individual goal significance means like you're you're having an impact on others in a significant way and so unless your inner peace is there you're not able to achieve the significant component of that which is so important because inner peace spreads a lot of love. It is. And, and if you think of inner peace as the foundation and use any analogy you, that you want, but the foundation of a house is going to inextricably impact everything that you build on top of it. Mm-hmm. If the foundation isn't firm and solid and even, good luck hanging doors. Good luck putting in windows. Good luck framing it. The foundation is the springboard for every bit of scaffolding and detail that you're going to add. And without inner peace, what is your launch pad? Mm -hmm. Right? What is your launch pad? So these have been very important to me and, and, and I've tried to honor them. I've tried to be worthy of the writers who wrote them. And I've tried to hold myself accountable. How did you come up with the idea of using a quote as the starting point for the intention? Yeah. And, and I want to be clear. It's not always a quote. It's not okay. always a quote. The year I tore my ACL on the field with the national team and the U.S. Naval Academy before we went to to Sydney for six weeks. But I hardly remember it. I barely (laughs) remember when that happened. Very vague, very vague. Very vague. The year I tore my ACL, my intention, one of my key intentions was patience. And I think I spoke about that before, like I, I, You know, I think our greatest strengths are our weaknesses. A strength I have is my impatient. I get things done, (laughs) right? I'm task oriented. Things are clean. Things are at right angles. I got it going on. And one of my greatest weaknesses is my impatience, right? And so, so in that year, my focus wasn't a quote. It was in all things, greater patience. 
And it's still a work in progress, Lynn. That wasn't like for 2000, right? It's like, I, once I set that intention, these three don't fall away. They, it, it's scaffolding. Think of it as scaffolding. You know, mm. here's last year's, here's this year's, here's next year. It's not flavor of the month. It's not mm. like, oh yeah, now I'm gonna work on integrity. Last year it was on loyalty and next year it's <laughs> buttercream <laughs> apple pie I, I just feel like there's a lot of that it's like you know it's flavor of the month yeah if it's important it's always important it's forever important what are we adding to that equation what are we building on top of that foundation so they never fall away they should they should have been achieved they should be they should have moved from intention to habit and really, what is habit? Habit is repetitive behavior. So they move from intention to habit. Once it's a habit, then it can move to unconscious processing. Boom, we're on to the next mm -hmm. the next level of the scaffolding. So, yeah. Well, speaking of unconscious processing and scaffolding, um, because I have not been able to consciously get rid of the fact that I got smoked by you in the last Lynn game. I've been scaffolding. Let's just, let's, I have been building and scaffolding my Lynn game chops so that I am not going to get smoked again. Are you ready, Flash? I was born ready, Jules. I was born <laughs> for this moment. I mean, this that was that was a scarring, scarring moment back in last year or two years ago. I don't even, I don't know. Cause it was so scarred by it. It was this time last year that Colleen just wiped the floor with wiped. you in the Lynn game. Wiped. It I is, know it wasn't last season. It was the season before that. It was season six. It has been six. an enduring source of joy and pride, Jules. And I so appreciate <laughs> you being part of that moment. Okay, let's go, Colleen Flash, Dr. Hacker. Let's do this. I've got my... Uh, can I do British. a hand clap or do you want me to go get my squeaker? Snag the squeaker. I'm going to use my jack again. Kiva's jack. Kiva. Let me find the one that has not been... Just... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is a jack and only one remaining squeaker. Just for proof, no squeaker, no squeaker, no squeaker, no squeaker, no squeaker. We are down to one dog squeaker left. Colleen is prepared with her dog squeaky toys. Julie has the London phone booth with coins in it. With coins. I'm a rich woman. Wait, and coins. I have to say this. Edit away. One of my favorite things in life is sentences that have no meaning outside of context. So Lynn, let's review. Uh -huh. Lynn just said, Colleen is ready with her dog squeaky toy and Jules is ready with her London phone booth. So I would just like <laughs> that sentence to have the proper acknowledgement that it deserves. Fantastic point. One of my favorite all-time lines of laughter permitted is when NFL referee Sarah Thomas said, I need to ring my cowbell before she squeaks the donut. <laughs> 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 
next gen. That is next gen. Okay. Oh, I'm gosh. Two. I'm number two. I'm number two. It's no, you're 99ers. Best of five. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Bring the heat, Lynn. Bring the heat. Question one. I am going to, I'm going to say one thing. I have to call on you. You cannot squeak and yell out the answer. I have to call on you. I feel Gosh, like she's getting Jules, really think, demanding with her game. I feel like we're getting reprimanded, Jules. I know. <laughs> I call on you. <laughs> no shouting out answers. Okay, I like it. All right. What number was Cindy Parlow at the 1999 World Cup? Is it A, 7, B, 12, or C, Colleen? 12. Correct. <laughs> were were you we, frozen on that, Jules? I think, I think my screen froze. Did Jules you cut out the Hello, Jules? Hello? Hello? I was like, uh, is there another option? Because I don't think it's either of those. <laughs> oh, shit. I knew it was an 11. Okay. D- double one, Jules. Double one. Double number one. <laughs> I'm going to laugh forever because I know I can't say your number without hearing you saying number one. Double one. What do you mean I can't have one? <laughs> Question two. Yeah. What is Michelle Aker's middle name? Oh. Is it A, Lynn, B, Mia, or C, Anne? Julie. A. Incorrect. <laughs> Anne, Anne, Anne. Correct. Oh. <laughs> See, that's where the early squeaking coin action does not come in handy. I keep moving my mouse. Premature. But I keep premature squeaking. Mouse, but Jewel seems to be frozen. Lynn, do we have technical <laughs> problems? Oh my God! If it goes three zero, I am never going to hear the end of this. Question now three. I'm stressed. How many goals did Carla Overbeck score in her career? Oh, God. Her bless national it. Sh- team career. Correct. Yes. Is it A, seven, B, nine, or C, 13? Julie. I have no damn idea. I'm going to say <laughs> nine. Please be right. Incorrect. Oh, shoot. God, if I go three and oh, I'm going to die. Seven. Correct. <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that Heisman pose? How do you, how do, you do that Heisman pose? Oh, shut up. I was going to say seven. Then I was like, no, she had to have scored on some headers on corner kicks. Uh, I, oh, God, I, give me would, the last two. Come on, let's see if we, she can go five and out. Real quick, real quick. I would just like to announce to all the media people, <laughs> if there is 99 factual information that you desire, you may want to call Tacoma, Washington. Just saying, Jules, just saying. Colleen with the pin is her microphone. <laughs> okay, come on, give me the last two real quick. Where was Saskia Weber born? A, Princeton, New Jersey. B, Cambridge, Massachusetts, or C, Providence, Rhode Island? Julie, or I'm sorry, Colleen. Princeton. Correct. <laughs> I, I knew she was from there. I didn't know she was born there. God dang it. Okay. This is actually, I'm, pro- 
I'm proud of this question. I'm going to have to get in early. Question five. On July 1st, 1999, Mia Hamm scored her fourth goal at the 1999 World Cup. Who did she score against? Julie. This could be, if you know it without the options, this could be such redemption. Don't you dare give her a hint because she squeaked before she got it. Fourth goal. I don't know. I need the options. <laughs> Come on. Have some sympathy. I'm 0 and 4, for God's really? sakes. Give me some. Give me something. I just had to get in. News. I'm getting 96 and 99. Who was Denmark? Was Denmark? Denmark was the first game. I was trying to think who the third game was. Nigeria. Um, Nigeria was the second game. No, that was in Chicago. It, I thought it was. Oh, second. I. It was. Uh, who was the third game? Was that uh, Sweden? Korean? Sweden. I don't oh. know. God. Uh, wait. Okay. And then. Oh, <laughs> Norway. It was Norway. Incorrect. Oh, okay. It was Brazil. No, she didn't score for Brazil. No. Colleen, would you like the options? Yes. Thank you, Lynn. And I appreciate you calling on me while I was sitting here quietly waiting to be called. God dang it. I'm going to go 5 and 0. 0 and 5. I'm going to go 0 and 5. Was it A, Korea? Yes. B, Brazil? Or C, Germany? Korea. Incorrect. (gasps) Germany! It was Germany. One and four, baby. She didn't get skunked. I thought yes. Germany was a two-one score. Oh, yeah, you were wrong. It was. I thought Lynn said she scored four goals. She didn't score four goals against Germany. Her it fourth was goal. Her fourth goal at the 1999 World Cup. I would like. Ooh. I would like a thorough linguistic investigation. Dang. <laughs> Thank God I didn't go 0 and 5 that. No one will ever hear this, Colleen. I'm sorry. We're going to stop after three, Lynn? Well, let's let's make this official. (laughs) Congratulations, Colleen. You have now gone 2 and 0 versus Julie Foudy in Know Your 99ers Lynn game. Tell all your friends. Tell all your friends. (laughs) And And I think it's safe to say the word again is smoked. You smoked. Yes. Julie. I think that's a double smoke. I can't talk right now. I'm updating my resume. <laughs> I'll get back to you when I do. You now have smoke coming out of both of your ears. That's the double smoke. There's lava as well. Oh, man. You are. Well, we, we've talked a lot about the season about the fun factor. Mm. So thank Always you. So good. For, thank you for bringing it. You are the gift that keeps on giving, Flash. I know you have exams to grade you're in the middle of finals there's a pile on your desk right there (laughs) and yet you always always take the time and for that my friend i'm just so so grateful and so appreciative i i want to take this time and and i can say this on 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 this podcast because i've said it to both of you privately and that's why i feel comfortable and and truthful in saying this. I have been a faithful listener for seven seasons, certainly this eighth. I listen, I take notes, I'm, I grow, uh, I'm grateful in my opinion, right? It's, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But this season eight, 
I believe is your most impactful, most mm-hmm. diverse, far reaching and substantive of all eight. You've had home runs all the time. All seasons had their own gift and their own merits, but there's something about the power, the breadth, the depth, and the impact of season eight that that just being part of this this season is significant and meaningful and something I'm very grateful for. Mm. So thank you, both of you, for what you do. Uh, because you bring us things that us mere mortals would never have mm. access to without you. And I'm aware mm. of that, and I'm grateful for it, and I thank you for it. Mm. That means a ton coming from you. And I know we feel super lucky lucky that we actually get to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Often we'll turn the mics off and go, well, that was so much fun. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is amazing. Well, I have a feeling that's going to happen happen in just a few moments yeah thank you both thank you both uh you know what i'm gonna spend my christmas break doing lynn what's that doing 99ers research (laughs) i'm just gonna spend all day on the internet like where was everyone born what were their numbers how many siblings (laughs) <laughs> middle names middle names yes <laughs> god dang it uh, god you know there's a lot out there on wikipedia just saying <laughs> i know i got some time over the holidays <laughs> my takeaway yes one the intention in which she lives her life, Flash, mm-hmm. is uh, something that just makes, it's such a good reminder. Um, and then the thing that always shines through is the gratitude she has in life and everything. When mm. you're so focused on the good of other things and the good of other beings and then absorbing that good, good things happen. And that oozes out of her. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why we've asked Colleen back five times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we truly have a body of evidence as to why Colleen is so engaged in life. And it's mm. beautiful that we can apply these to our lives. So I, I kind of have a list here of, of some of the things from our all of our episodes. Of course... Hunt joy, express gratitude, look for the helpers, write your own story, do now well, aspirational pursuits, significance over success, set intentions. Mm -hmm. And what has hit me with spending so much time with Colleen is all of these things add up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that they're so applicable right away. When I listen to her, Mm. you just want to write it down. Mm-hmm. Don't just think it, ink it. <laughs> and then put it on a post-it and put it up on your fridge or leave a trail right. on your floor. Visual cues. Visual cues. Questions permitted, Len. Yes, this one will comes from South Carolina Women's Basketball Insta. Oh, I came nice. across it and I felt that it was our it was perfectly fitting for what we do in questions permitted. And the question is, does a straw have one hole or two? 
<laughs> oh, this one's an easy one for me. Okay. Similar to a cinnamon roll is definitely a damn donut, people. <laughs> a straw has two holes because there's the hole in which you sip it out mm-hmm. of and the hole that goes into the liquid. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I have a hard time wrapping my head around how it could be one hole. There's there's two holes. Yeah. Mm. It almost would be like if they were one hole, it'd be like a pixie stick. Well, I'm what's the argument for one hole? Do you know? That they it's the it's the tunnel so that it's just one hole because it's continuous? Maybe that it's well, one of the one of the members of the team I felt nailed nailed argument for two holes is that it's it's two holes in one tunnel yeah i'd have to right. re- i'd have to revisit the the one hole mm. um rationale i don't have it off the top of my head but people were very passionate about if the, if uh, about whatever side they took Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of like if a squirrel was digging through the ground, right? Okay. And then all of a sudden it pops out in one spot. That's a hole. And if it continued that little tunnel through and then it pops out in another spot on the golf course. Are you thinking of a that's gr- an, Are you thinking of a groundhog? Yeah. Yes, groundhog. Oh, uh, I'm thinking of Caddyshack. I think that's two holes. I'm with you. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. I you know, I whatever you are thinking right now to while listening to our listeners right now, and if you might be nodding your head in agreement or yelling at no one, <laughs> saying you're nuts. But yeah, Jules, I I gotta go with you on yeah. on two. Either way, please let us know. <laughs> please let us know. Dope Village. It has been such an honor to share season eight with you and spend some time with y'all and, of course, share the awesomeness of our incredible guests. They've been so good this season. And truly, we are grateful for you listening and continuing to walk this laughter-permitted journey that we've been on. And you listening right now, Dope Village, are our always cheer. We will be back at it in the spring for season nine yeah and thank you as always to our sponsors ally and dick sporting goods both companies as you're well aware are examples of women supporting women so we ask you to please support them and also thank you to kate diaz for her beautiful acoustic rendition i hope you guys noticed that of the theme song she wrote and performed she's currently composing a musical. So we'll fill you in on that when we find out more. And you can actually learn more about Kate by going to her website, Kate Diaz, D-I-A-Z, music.com. And if you get the inspiration, we'd love it if you would rate and review our podcast. It makes a huge difference. And we also love reading about your takeaways. Lynn texts them to me often. So share it with a friend or perhaps 500 and have the happiest of holidays as we tie a bow on season eight. Be sure to remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. I need to ring my my cowbell before she squeaks the donut.